is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you'll, you'll know we've been looking at some themes in Hebrews 10 and 11. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the call to persevere that we find in Hebrews 10. To persevere in faith, to encourage one another, to spur one another on. I wonder, how have you been doing with that? How's that been going for you? And then last week, we looked at living by faith. We find that in Hebrews chapter 11. And we saw the journey of faith that some of our Bible heroes went on. The, the writer lists a whole load of them. And we focused in particularly on Abraham. Today we come to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's, let's read a few verses together. You'll, you'll notice we're not looking at all the verses in Hebrews 10, 11 and 12, but rather we're picking out this theme about faith and perseverance and, and trusting God in this season. And so today we're in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read the first three verses together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've been speaking to us over these last few weeks. And now as we look at these few verses together in these moments, I pray that you would speak to us. Help me to communicate well. And for each of us, as we watch and listen, that, God, we might have ears to hear what you are saying to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in my notes, I've called this series Faith and Perseverance. And today we come back to this subject of persevering. It's like walking by faith is the middle of a sandwich. On either side is persevering and then you've got in the middle walking by faith. It's a, I guess it's a faith and persevering sandwich, you might say. And I wonder if the writer to the Hebrews is really trying to tell us something here, really trying to emphasise a particular point that's important, something that we shouldn't miss. Now, what, why is it that the, the writer goes back to this theme of persevering once again? Maybe it is of such importance that we don't miss it. There are things for us to learn once again. Maybe we need to hear it repeated for the penny to really drop. Just in case we missed it the first time, coming back to it, talking about persevering once again. And so we return to this theme, but this time it's with a slightly different take on it, it has a different angle, a different direction, if you like, to help us understand the breadth of what God wants us to know. Last time we took, talked about persevering, encouraging, spurring one another on. All really important things. This time 
we're told to run with perseverance. Not to dawdle, not meander, but to run. And not to run aimlessly either, just, just going around in circles, you, you might say. But rather, to run the race is marked out for us. Maybe the author has got in a particular a running event in mind and it's just thinking of that as it's being written here. Verse 1 says this of Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I've always smiled at this verse. My granddad's name was Percy, and this verse always sounded like to me it was talking about running alongside somebody called Percy, perseverance. <laughs> and so it always reminds me of my granddad. Anyway, enough of my rather suspect humour, which I apologise. <laughs> I've preached on this passage before. It was it was some time ago when I did. But when I did, I imagined a particular race. I talked about a hurdle race, and not a sprint or a, a, even a long-distance run, but rather a hurdle race where there's some hurdles to jump over, some obstacles to get across. Hurdles that could trip you up, that could cause you to fall, that would mean that you stumbled or, or even worse and were out of the race. There are different types of hurdles in, in our lives, in, in the Christian race. Some of, their, some of them are there by your own cause or sin. Some of them are there because they're tests from heaven. And James said that we will receive tests of many kinds, and he is writing his, his letter. He also says that testing produces perseverance, coming back to that same theme once again. James 1. Verses 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And in verse 12 of James 1, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hurdles can take you out of the race. If you don't jump them well, you don't just stumble and, and trip, but you fall flat on your face and maybe you're out of the race completely. And hurdles can take us out of the Christian race completely as well. If you're not careful to jump them, there are some hurdles that could take you out. I gave some examples last time I spoke on this passage about some of the hurdles that you might face in the Christian life. And let me list them for you again. This is no particular order, but here are some hurdles that could take you out. Disappointment. Exhaustion. Relationship breakdown. Family pressures or family disaster work pressures, uncertainty of your identity, of, of who you are in Christ, envy of others, bitterness, 
jealousy of others or other people's success. Unforgiveness. Isolation. Illness, either of yourself or others. A poor church experience. Fear of failure. Fear of other people. Money or financial pressures. Sex. Repetitive or habitual sin. Death of a loved one. Misuse of authority. Theological slide or drift. And there are many others as well. They're just a few examples. They're all hurdles that could take us out of the Christian race, the, the Christian life. And if we had the time, we could look at any number of these. They're all dangerous hurdles, ones that we need to be aware of, or in some cases actually avoid completely and jump right over. Right now, right now there's another hurdle, one that wasn't on my original list, one we hadn't even thought of then, and it's this, COVID-19. Yep, coronavirus is another hurdle. Now, I realise for some, it's far more than a hurdle. It, for, for some, it's a close call with death. It's a near miss. It's a terrible and painful disease. I was in touch with somebody just a couple of weeks ago who's really struggling with it at the moment and fighting it off and it's not, not proving easy. I'm sure many of us know people that have had this awful disease. For some, tragically, it's been an illness that has resulted in death. But for all of us, it's a hurdle. And it's one that you need to jump, or else it could take you out, knock you over, or as a minimum, trip you up in the Christian race. And many of you, although you're missing in-person church, I mean, who had that phrase, in-person church? Church meant gathering of God's people, didn't it? Now we're talking about in-person church. <laughs> I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, are missing that. I know I am terribly. Many of you are engaging with church online, maybe even enjoying the chance to do church in your pyjamas, stay in bed with some toast and tea and... Um, and be part of what's going on. However you're doing church online, if you're engaging with it, well done. I know it's not perfect. I know it doesn't do everything we'd like it to, but right now it's the only way that we can meet together. So well done for engaging, if you are. But I know others who haven't engaged for all sorts of uh, myriad of reasons. And does it mean that they're falling away from God? No, no, it doesn't but it's certainly not going to help. The Bible encourages us, that even instructs us not to give up meeting together. And with good reason, we need one another. Even if we can't physically be in the same room, even if it's only in an online way right now, we still need that encouragement and support of one another. I'll go as far as to say we, we can't do the Christian life without it. 
We're not meant to do the Christian life without it. We're meant to live out our Christian life in community in, with others, encouraging one another along the way. We need that. You need that. I need that. So important. So don't let this virus be a stumbling block, a hurdle that trips you up and takes you out of the Christian race. So how do you jump the coronavirus hurdle? How do you get over it? Well, there are a few things that are listed here that will help us. But before we get to them, let's just pause for a moment in verse 1, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who are they? What are they doing? <laughs> well, verse 1 here flows straight on from the previous chapter. Chapter 11, that's listed this great list of men and women of faith. And it's like the writer imagines that they're there cheering us on. I imagine he's got in his mind a particular race and there's a crowd cheering the runners on, cheering the athletes on. And it's like we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses this great list of faithful men and women of God over the ages it's like they've run their race now but now it's our turn and they're there cheering us on and encouraging us to keep going applauding shouting urging us to run our race well. This is what they've done. We've read about it in God's word. Now, because of that and through that, they're urging us to run our race well. They can inspire us, but as one commentator puts it, they cannot strengthen us. That strengthening comes from looking to Jesus. And we'll get to that shortly. But meanwhile, what are the instructions for our race? How do we run this well? How do we get over this hurdle, these hurdles that we find ourselves encountering? Well, firstly, we're told to throw off sin. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles, is how the writer actually puts it. It's like when you run a race, don't you? You, you throw off the, the extra clothes. You're just down to the, the shorts and the vest and you, the, you're there. You've, you've got rid of the coat and the other the T-shirt and the, and the tracksuit bottoms. They're, they're all gone. You've thrown them off and you're ready for the race. Throw off sin in the same way. Get rid of it. That sin that so easily entangles, that can trip you up, how the writer puts it. And sin does that, it trips you up, it entangles you, it, like it gets around you. And it'll trip you up along the way. It's like a cat playing with a ball of wool. It's just going to get entangled and get messy. That's what happens with sin, dear friends. And there's no nice way to say it. You just have to throw it off. Don't play with it. Get rid of it. So... If today you're, you're caught up in sin right now, if you're watching this and you're thinking, oh, if only it was easier, then let me encourage you. There is hope and there is help. Hope comes from Jesus himself. He can set you free. 
It says in John chapter 8, verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus today can set you free from sin. You can know freedom and release through Jesus. There is hope. There really is. But also, there's help. And help comes in the shape of your brothers and sisters who can encourage you and help you. Those who love you and are for you want to encourage and help you on the journey. Friends, if today you're struggling with sin, you found yourself entangled, then I want to tell you there's hope. But listen, get help. Get help as well. Talk to somebody. Maybe your life group leader. Another Christian friend that you know and trust who's mature in God's. Share where you're struggling. Get some accountability and help. Throw off the sin that's so easily entangled. Get rid of it. Don't allow it to trip you up and to take you out of the race. Secondly here, we're, we're told to run our own race. Throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance. We've talked about that already. The race marked out for us. Run your own race. It's so easy to fall into the trap of trying to run someone else's race. There's someone else's life or ministry or, or role or whatever can seem so attractive. You think, oh, I want to do that. But it's not what God's called you to. It's so easy to fall into the trap of comparison. Don't do it. God has called you to run your race. He's given you all that you need to run your race that he's called you to. He hasn't given you what you need to run someone else's race. He's given that to them. And equally, he hasn't given them what you need to run your race. To run your own race. He's marked it out for you. He's set out the boundaries. So run your race. Not somebody else's. Find out what God has called you to. And go for it. Run with all your might. And all your energy. And so if you're going to jump this coronavirus hurdle. You've got to stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your race. That which God has called you to. Run it with perseverance. Then thirdly here, fix your eyes on Jesus. We touched on this a little earlier. This is what will strengthen you, what will enable you to keep running. Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of faith or as another translation puts it the author and perfecter of faith so how do you run the race you fix your eyes on jesus just as a runner would fix their eyes on the finish line they they can see it there in the distance they they're running towards it they know that's where the line is they know that's where the crowd's going to cheer and get to their feet if they cross that line Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes 
on Jesus. Just as that runner's captivated with the finish line, that's what they're going for. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get captivated with him once again. I really felt as I was preparing this particular message that for some of you, maybe there was a time in your Christian life where you were totally captivated with Jesus. He was everything for you. Everything. Maybe when you first became a Christian, that first love for you is so strong, so wonderful, and you were captivated by him and all that he had done for you. But, but I felt that for some of you, you'd lost that. You'd lost your first love along the way. Maybe the joy had gone out of your relationship with God. I really felt that for, for some, that actually you lost your first love. And you see, if you want to jump this coronavirus hurdle, you need to fix your eyes on Jesus and to fall in love with him again. In Revelation 2, Jesus writes to the church in Ephesus, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. It's all great stuff. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. The ESV puts it, you have abandoned the love you had at first. That's pretty strong. And so, friends, if today you think, yeah, that's, that, you're thinking, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, if you're saying, Graham, you described me, I, I, I've lost that first love. Then right now, right now, I want to pray for you. Maybe just lift your heart and your hands to the Lord. If you've lost that first love, I want to pray that God restores that to you today. Fix your eyes on Jesus afresh. Get hold of him in his word. Allow him to, to captivate your heart once again. And I want to pray right now that God will restore that first love to you. So if that's you, just, just lift your heart and your hands to him. Father, I want to pray right now in this moment for any that are watching this today who feel that, yes, they've lost that first love, that, that passion that they once had for you. If life has somehow pressed in and dried it up and taken it out, and yet today they know they would love that back, I want to pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would come. And that, God, you would restore first loves. Lord, right across this city, right across this region, those who are watching from any place, I want to speak right now that first loves would be restored. First love of Jesus would be restored in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray in these moments right now that you would minister, that you would come. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Hey, if, if you want someone to pray with you, particularly about this, at the end of my message, you can click the, you can click the, uh, the prayer uh, button on the chat window 
and someone would, one of our team would love to pray with you and chat with you further if you like that. That ESV phrase, you have abandoned the love you had at first, pretty strong, isn't it? Don't let that be said of you. And if it could be said of you, today, repent and return to the Lord, your first love. There's grace for that today. I really feel that there's grace for it today. I know there's always grace for it. But I just felt particularly today, there's grace for this. If that's described to you, there's grace for this today. You respond to God. He wants to work in your life, work in your heart, and restore that first love. I want to pray that for you in Jesus' name. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Be, be captivated by him. And then finally, just as we close, receive the Spirit. Receive his Spirit. I, I think this is pretty closely linked really with the previous points and it's where we'll finish today we need to receive the holy spirit afresh and you can do that today wherever you are probably in your home i guess i believe that today god wants to come to you afresh in order that you might receive the holy spirit again even today you can be filled afresh empowered for all that you need to live your life for the lord and it's the Holy Spirit that's the great encourager, the great bringer of courage and strength. And we all need that right now. So are you weary today? Do you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit today, a fresh encounter with the Lord himself? As we close now, I'm going to pray and ask God to come to you right where you are to bring strength to bring encouragement, to bring faith and perseverance, to bring fresh joy in the Holy Spirit and all that you need to live for him in this season. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that we've looked at in these three chapters of Hebrews. We've just skimmed it really over these few weeks. But right now, as we bring this little mini-series to a conclusion, I want to pray for everyone watching this live stream today that, God, you would come to them afresh. That wherever people are in their homes, wherever they're watching this, I pray, come and fill afresh in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you right now, wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this, just open your heart to the Lord and say, God, fill me afresh. Holy Spirit, come again. I need you. I need your power. I need your life. I pray, God, that you would move and that you would fill afresh and you would come powerfully and give us all that we need to live for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. Have a great week as you seek to live for him and make him known. 
Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at 